Danny, what's up? I'm seeing you on Zoom. You're on Zoom. Or not Zoom. I'm on Zoom. Dustin's in Florida, but we're still doing the podcast. <laughs> we this podcast is it won't stop for anything. It won't stop. <laughs> I just added this to my LinkedIn as a job. That's how excited I was. I said better late oh than never. Oh my god! <laughs> it's in my Instagram bio now, so that feels like very official to me. Oh, what do you say? What does it, it say? Just says co-host of the deconstruction zone. I love it. It's just really profound. Took you forty weeks to get in there. <laughs> I just—I was I, like, you know what? This is part of my identity. I just took away my. I had a line that said like husband to whatever father, and I got just roasted by a friend that's like that's like the nerdiest Christian thing, and so I finally took that off. So it doesn't mean I don't love my kids and wife anymore, but I was like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take those out of there. <laughs> that's like such a meme of like annoying pastors. Is like husband, father, pastor, and it's like just shut up. I think like, we're so. <laughs> I think we're so on like not self-aware that it seems like we have to do it. And so to hear that it was like a, <laughs> a meme or whatever, it's like, Oh man, I didn't know I like had fallen into the trap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. You did fall into the trap. Well, what are we talking about today? Okay. So back it up a little bit. I, um, have you heard of the comedian Pete Holmes? Love Pete Holmes. Love Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes is just Pete. If you listen to the podcast, I won't hold it against you because I did email you to be on the podcast and you still haven't responded. But we would love to have you on the podcast. I would lose my mind if he was on the podcast. I think it'd be great. Um, this I'm actually super quick. I need to tell a quick side story that is important. Um, the first time I read Comedy Sex God, which is Pete Mm -hmm. Holmes's book, I was like, um, what did I say? I was like, he was talking about how he like did like hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic drugs, uh-huh. and that he he was like that like was a spiritual awakening. And so we, my friends and I were at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I was telling them about this. And, <laughs> and the, the waiter came over and he was like, "What are you guys talking about?" And we were like, um, "Like drugs and religion." <laughs> and he and he just looks at us and he just goes, "I met God on LSD." <laughs> It was the best, my favorite Buffalo Wild Wings moment by far. That's Do you have a Mount Rushmore of like Buffalo Wild Wings experiences? <laughs> no, it's just that one. Pretty. Yeah. I mean, I always have a good experience with Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm not even going to lie about that. That's a great place. It's kind of basic, but I think it's great. <laughs> anyway, um, so that guy met God on LSD. And then he just sat at our table and started talking. That was the best part. Um, anyway, so Pete Holmes. I was talking to someone from the PCA. We were talking about Pete Holmes and he was like, I love Pete Holmes' comedy. And he was like, but I don't really like how he half-asses his spirituality. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I thought about it and was processing through it. And I was like, I think what you think of as half-assing spirituality is just spirituality you don't agree with. Hmm. And I, like, I would think of Pete Holmes as someone who like, like whole-asses their spirituality (laughs) in a lot of ways. And but so I was talking to another, a different pastor um, about this, about P. Holmes. And I was telling him the story about the half-assing spirituality. And he was like, and he was like, so then what does it mean? Like, what does it look like for someone to half-ass their spirituality? Hmm. And I was like, I don't know. But I, I said, I don't know, but I think I'm doing it. 
You think you are half-assing yours? Yeah, 100%. Okay. And so that's like, I don't know, that's the topic that I wanted to bring to you. When I when I came up, I was like, I want to talk about it on the deconstruction zone because like, what does it mean to whole-ass your spirituality? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I would be, I, I would actually be on your side with the Pete Holmes thing. Like, I'm actually pretty pro Pete Holmes as a comedian, yeah. but also as a, a religious person. Like the way he goes about it, like he's not shy about what he believes. He's like, I mean, I've seen him talk about it on like the Late Show. Like I've seen him talk about it like on his pod. Like he's not shy about his religious trauma, but also the way that his faith is like evolved. And so. I think he is whole assing his. Uh, I, it'd be a funny drinking game to see how many times they half ass or whole ass through the duration <laughs> of this episode. But, um, but I think he is. So, I mean, before we get into it, like, why? What about you makes you think you're half assing yours? I just like. Okay. Okay. So this idea of half assing, whole assing, I I think we're both quoting. Parks and Rec. One hundred percent. Would you when um when Leslie no or when uh, Ron Swanson says to Leslie Knopf like, "Don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing." Uh huh. I used to work in a sheet metal factory, but then a job came along at the tannery. The hours were better, and I would get paid. Also, I'd have the chance to work with leather, both before and after it was on the cow, which had always been a dream of mine. I didn't want to give up my sheet metal job, so I tried to do both jobs and finish middle school. How old were you? Eleven. The point is, I was so tired, I tried to puncture an eight-gauge aluminum foil with a leather awl. <laughs> wow. I learned a lesson. Never half-ass two things. Whole-ass one thing. And that's always been, like, a life model for me, because I just, like want to do everything and then it yeah. doesn't work out and I'm like ah um but I just like I just I was reflecting on a few like several weeks back I guess on our episode when I was like I feel like I just need to like put the, the game of operation away mm-hmm. you know like I was like I was like I'm getting overwhelmed I'm getting frustrated and I just need to like put the cap put the lid on the box and put it back in the like game closet and I feel like that's what I'm doing but that feels very lazy. Hmm. And I don't, and maybe it, I, I don't think it's that simple, but I don't know. I guess I sometimes wonder if like, where is it like I'm taking a break and where is it like I'm avoiding what I need to like encounter in process. Yeah. That's, I think that's a good question. I, I do, and I don't know that I could pinpoint anything, but I do think there are certain parts that you are avoiding. Um, yeah, like in I agree. your deconstruction, where it's like, I don't want there. I think there's likely, and you probably have the list of things, like there's certain theological or spiritual things you're like, I'm not even, I don't have the capacity or the desire to unpack that right now. And so I'm going to put it away, put it on the shelf, whatever. So I think there is some level of avoidance. But, and I do think, like, I mean, the quote, right? Half ass one thing don't or whole ass one thing don't have like i Mm -hmm. do sometimes feel like you have a foot in each camp though i wouldn't say that that's half-assing it like it's it feels to me like and this is my perspective so you have to put the words to this and so but from my perspective it feels like you found a lot of freedom um and space to breathe in the non-religious camp 
So you have that there, yeah. but you still are a person that cares about spirituality. You, this has been your vernacular for a long time. You have all, like you invested a lot of stuff. And so you still want to, to engage there, but I've not watched you really like dip a toe fully into either like early, even in deconstruction early on. Like, I think there was a desire to like, Hey, I want to kind of step out into the world of <laughs> the freedom and the fun of agnosticism and atheism. And then on the other side, it's like, but I also want to be like seen, this was something you said early on, like you wanted to be theologically respected. So you would have never jumped out of the ship full bore. And so, so I don't know, like I, I wouldn't, so I just remind, I wouldn't say it feels like you're half-assing anything, but it does feel like you probably are living in two worlds simultaneously, uh, which I feel like for me would be jarring, but I don't know if you enjoy that or if you even feel like that's what you're doing. It. <laughs> It does feel like that. And I think like, I don't, I don't, it's weird. Like it's weird to think about where I am. And I guess sometimes, sometimes that's part of why I feel like I'm like half-assing it is because I don't think I can actually ex- express it super clearly. Hmm. Like, I don't think that I can very vividly be like, this is exactly where I'm at. And I feel like throughout this whole process, I was pretty much able to do that. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I was like, this is where I'm at. This is what I think. This is what I'm like wrestling with, but this is what I know to be true. And this is what I'm no longer sure about. Like, I feel like through the all 40 weeks, I was like, I pretty much knew where I was at. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like, I don't, yeah, like I lost it. And so I'm just, yeah, it's this like, I don't, it's, I don't, I'm not saying any words. I'm sorry. No, you said, so I have an interesting question. Like what do you okay. have anything that you do know to be true? Like, where are you in that? Like of <laughs> these are the things either I cling to, or this is what I, I know to be true. Like, or is it, everything is completely up in the air still for you or is, are certain balls landed that you've thrown up in the air? I'm, I'm just like, everything feels up in the air and I have moments where I say something like, like I have moments where I say something and I'm just like, that like feels so like convicting and true. And like, I was hanging out with a friend the other day and she was like, she was like, Emily, like talking to you is normal. And then when you talk about like God in the Bible, like I, I haven't seen you light up like that. And she was like, and there's just something like waiting to light up in there. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Um, I I don't, I wouldn't say there's something that makes me really sad to say. There's not something that I'm like, I know this to be true. Yeah. Right now. And that's what's like hard. Do you still like, I mean, we've talked about this before, like how, what you left in like Presbyterianism was certainty. You left that behind. Like, do you long, like, do you, so like for me, I think about things like I'm, I'm a structure guy. Like I don't need my life like really programmed all the time, but I do thrive in situations with boundaries and rules and uncertainty. Um, so do you like, even though every ball is in the air and you've been walking this journey, like, is that something you're like exhausted by like not having, or are you okay with like having all those balls in the air? It's, I mean, it's like the, you're how you say like I have one foot in each like both extremes are less exhausting one extreme being like this is what certainty is that is like not that exhausting it's hard and the yoke like isn't easy and it is 
brutal and it kills you <laughs> but at least you have certainty sure. and on the other end of like nothing is for like nothing is certain you don't know anything like we're just all figuring it out there's also a freedom in that and there's also just a like it's kind of like a giving up like it's just like a yeah, I feel that. Like, I felt that at, at, now at a spiritual level because I even feel like the ministry that I do at the well and with the podcast and like all this, like, it's so middle ground ish. Like, I get asked by people, like, in our conversations, like, why aren't you more prescriptive to Emily? Or, like, um, or in the church setting, it's like, why, how can you say you don't know, right? Like, or that I might be wrong. And I get that because it, do, I'm exhausted oftentimes, like, by, holding tension like in kind of being in the middle it would be easier to be like this is 100 certain the bible says all these things right but i don't usually go that direction and it would i think be easier in some ways to be like nothing's true at all and so i'm just gonna meander around in that and so and i think for for you and for our audience i think that's what most i think most people find the middle to be exhausting and i think that's what makes deconstruction so hard Especially coming, like, I think you have a really unique deconstruction experience. Maybe not unique, but you have a unique, like, you and people like you come from a place where there's so much more abandonment of the framework you once had, where it's like anything short of answers feels like failure, feels like half assing it. I think. Ooh. Um, Ooh. And like, it's like, what is. This is okay. Okay. Hear me out. I think this is important. I think that we have in like Christian circles, maybe just in general, we have synonymized like living in the gray as the same as being lukewarm. Yeah. And it's not, but I think that's what we match those in our head. And that's when there's like shame that comes from sitting in the middle that's so and do you think people see you as lukewarm or yeah so i like i'm preaching about the concept of being lukewarm this sunday actually like as okay. well not, it's not really but i talk about it and i'm like you like i haven't even heard that phrase in forever uh but Ooh. i remember that was my biggest fear growing up and even like early on in my like people viewing me as that because like to think of like the there's piping hot or freezing cold right and piping hot is i know all the answers and i'm like um, blah 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 blah. freezing cold is like nothing i know nothing right and to be in the middle does feel to a lot of people like a lukewarm compromise i don't feel it that way but no. i like i've had people like on tiktok and in real life accuse me of being lukewarm because um like i'm not claiming like putting the flag of certainty in these different tenets you know but when i think of lukewarm i think of like fervor and commitment yeah. And not and not certainty. But I think that sometimes we synonymize those. Yeah. So like so what I'm preaching about, like I'm I'm it's we're in Easter Lent right now, season, right? And so mm-hmm. it's Jesus with the criminals on the cross, right? And like um and I talk about a little bit of my rapture anxiety because it was like about being lukewarm and not having that. But what made like the criminal that Jesus is like, I'll see you in paradise, not lukewarm, and what made him get that invitation had nothing to do with right belief or anything like yeah. he was just like there was a posture of surrender and humility and self-awareness and it's like he mm. didn't claim like he never went to a membership class he like didn't have any beliefs he didn't do anything that like made it so that he would be in paradise with jesus and so but i think like we throw out stories like those and then we go into other places where like you have to have all of 
these beliefs, right? And I think even as we talk about being hot, piping hot or lukewarm, I think you're exactly right in the sense that it's like far more commitment based than it is knowledge based. But like we mm-hmm. as creatures that want to be smarter than everyone, I think we've made it about something that it's not. Yeah, but that like, and but that messes with you when you're in the middle because then being in the middle and living in the gray just feels like half-assing it when maybe it's like the most whole-assing thing you can do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and we've said that at the beginning of the podcast, like to sit in the, to sit in this is this like pursuit of truth and this pursuit of, so I feel like I'm saying different things at the same time though, because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we should give that standard. But then at the same time, I feel like, I, I feel like I walked away from doing the hard work of sitting in the middle. Yeah, I, I think that's not it. Well, first off, I would say 80% of our podcast is us talking out of both sides of our mouth. So I think it's a pretty like common yeah. thing that we do. Um, but I do think also like, I, I think, I wouldn't say you're not doing the hard work, but I would say like you have, there is a part of you right now that I see like, you're just exhausted to lift the blocks and like to wrestle with certain things. Right. But I also don't think like our faith shouldn't kill us, right? Like it shouldn't be exhausting. And so I do think like, this is where I have less or more uh, sympathy for you. I'm like, I think sometimes you just need to pause and rest. Now I don't think that throwing the baby out with the bathwater is the healthiest thing either. But like, I don't think that's what resting is right. To be like, I'm not going to pick this up for a while. Like there's been seasons of my life where like I've prayed less, I've read scripture less, I've been in community less. And those weren't out of like a lack of desire commitment to my faith, but it was like in this season that was more, it was less helpful and more exhausting than it was like life giving. And so like, I think putting some things down from time to time isn't, isn't half-assing it right yeah like yeah like to rest isn't half-assing it sometimes it's the most like productive thing you can do i think it's just like when is it rest and when is it laziness to me i see those as very similar yeah i think that's a really good question i mean yeah so do you feel like you're resting or do you feel like you're being lazy i it changes (laughs) all the time it changes like sometimes well, so like, say you're oh, on, like an... say you're on a vacation, right? Like you're going on yeah. vacation. You're going like what? How, what would make on vacation resting or being lazy? And like, how would you define the difference? And would you even care if you were on vacation? Like, would you care about trying to differentiate the two? That is <sighs> on I vacation. Of... I feel like that is like time that you've committed to rest. So you're you're doing the right thing by resting. Yeah. But if the time isn't like set apart for it, then it starts to feel like laziness to me. Yeah. So maybe this is a better, like, so right now we were talking about this before we went live, but like I'm in a relatively stressful to extremely stressful part point of my life right now with some things that are going Mm -hmm. on with the church. And it's to the point where like I, there are certain times where I can't, like I don't have the capacity to do anything. Like I, I'm in like a legit, probably closest season of depression that I've been in a long time. Where it's like I have no motivation to do things sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like there have been times during my work week where I'm like I like I have to like 
I can't work. So I like, I'll go play video games, but I'll be like in my mind, like that's not rest. That is being lazy. Like it's me skirting certain things. Now there's like biological things happening in my brain that are causing me to feel depression and like things that I could do to like mitigate that. But I think to your point, like there's a time when playing a video game could be restful and recharging. And other times it's me like trying to avoid the things I need to do because I don't have the mental capacity to do them. But I don't know that like, I don't know that I didn't need to also be lazy so that I could like go back and do the work later, if that makes sense. I don't, like, I don't know if that's a, a great analogy or connection, mm. but like, I feel I can, looking back retrospectively of my last couple months, I can see the times I legitimately rested and the times I was lazy. Both gave me the ability to pause and get back into what I was doing. But the mm. times that I actually rested, I felt rested coming out of it. Like laziness, I never left feeling rested. I just paused what I was doing for a while. Okay. Okay. Like, like, I think that that's, that's an important distinction is like laziness is in some sense a pause, whereas like rest is like an intentional recharge. Yeah. Yeah. And I can feel, and you probably at different seasons, even if it's now or not, like, and maybe, I don't know how much you've thought about that in your deconstruction journey, like whether it's laziness or, or resting, but I like, yeah, I think I can tell the times I really, really rested versus the times I just like was like, I'm going to do the things I want to do that feel like they should be restful, but they're not actually restful. Yeah, but it's like, but when you're in that like really difficult headspace, you don't have any motivation to even like do that work of discerning. You're just like, I just want to do nothing. And yeah. and like, I think there's part of me and I don't think this is a good attitude, but part of me is like for 23 years, I like didn't take a break. And like, like, you know, this, like yeah. I can break, I can take a break. It's this very, which I think is kind of entitled and not the most helpful attitude, but I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. I'll say this season has, I've given me more empathy, like right now, as I'm even reflecting on the comparison between where I'm at and where you're at, because I do get this, like, the just the lack of desire to like, you see, like, I look around and I see all these things I need to get done, whether it's like searching for a building, writing a sermon, pastoral care, all these things that I need to do and want to do. But sometimes like, do mm -hmm. I even have the mental, emotional or spiritual capacity to do any of these things, even if I want to, and I know I should do them. And it's been like, I had not drawn that connection until this conversation just started. Um, and you and I were talking before, like, again, like I was in a pretty dark place as we were texting last night. And so it's like, I, my stress is, is taking over different parts. But I like, as I'm making those mental connections right now, it's like, I can see glimmers of that, maybe in some of your deconstruction, though, I think you're hopefully maybe probably handling your situation with <laughs> more health than I have. I don't know. But I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I don't I don't think I would like I could not confidently look at you and be like, I've done my deconstruction incredibly healthily. Like <laughs> that just would not be fair and true. Like, I think there's something that I've done healthily and wisely, but I think that it's just so exhausting. And you just like yeah. it, it's like burnout. It's like deconstruction burnout of like, you know what? Fine. Like, I'm just going <sighs> to. There's like an analogy in my head, but it's not. It's like words aren't happening. Um, I don't know. It's not working. I will the say, analogy isn't working for me. Uh, this is has nothing to do with the conversation we're talking about. But I will say that 
it's a lot easier to podcast in the same room. I was just thinking about like how, and this is fine, but I was like, the dynamic is so much different because I think you and I are both people people. It's like being in the same room with people (laughs) feels much more natural than like, I feel like I'm on a business meeting right now more than I feel like I'm sitting in the same room as you. But I feel like this is, this episode is getting like pretty deep and emotional and then it's just like but it feels like i'm on a business meeting I might have, about that. yeah i might have cried if we were in person so it's probably better for my soul that i'm in a oh, different man. place <laughs> so um, okay so danny like not to like spring it on you but i guess like yeah you've said like there are times when i'm when you're taking a pause and you're like this might be laziness i'm avoiding yeah. part of it is rest both are helpful even if one is better but like what are and maybe you're like emily don't ask me this i'm not doing anything but like what is the process of like getting out of that place? Mm. Uh, like a place of laziness? Is that what you're asking? A place of just of like lack of motivation, maybe yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's actually a really good uh, question. And I don't like, I don't know that I have like the prescriptive here, the five steps, but like for me, yeah. um, I think it goes back to um, like, I have, I have to recling and re- um, discover why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. So like I, um, or like, so like for me, like being a pastor can be hard. Um, but also being a parent can be hard being whatever can be hard. Right. And so there are times as any of those different arenas, um, that I can be like, just not motivated, lazy. I can feel frustrated. Like I want to just eject from all those things and returning to like why it was so profound to me is always my first step and so like if annie Mm -hmm. and i are in a place of marital stress like that moment is not the whole story and so like i think back to like well Mm -hmm. what why did i fall in love with annie like why did we decide to to create a life together like when i'm at church like i have no less love for the well uh, but there's times it's stressful. And so why did I feel like compelled to start a new kind of church and do this? Mm. And like, why is that a part of it? And I've been, this has been, I, th- I don't know if I said this, I think I've said it to you, but I don't know if I said it on the podcast, like, but a refrain for me or a part of scripture that I've gone back to is this idea of like returning the joy of my salvation. Um, mm. And like, so I think of that in terms like return to me, the joy of my marriage of this podcast of my church like all these things and i think getting back to like the joy that was inherently found in it is always my first step now i'll say second third fourth fifth steps is like i can do a lot of things that are really destructive to like uh whether it's like cutting myself off from other people uh, whether it's like trying to like drink a lot like i mean there's a number of different things right that you can do and i bet you could think in your deconstruction journey like there are times where you've probably made a concerted decision to do something you probably knew was destructive, but it like was what you wanted to do because it felt good at the time. And I think that's another interesting thing to do. And that takes a level of self-awareness that I don't always have the energy to have, but saying like, is this actually like, what are the self-destructive things I'm doing that I think are actually helping me, but they're really not, if that makes sense. Yeah, I had a very interesting experience yesterday. I was on a walk with someone who was kind of from like my, you know, like fundamentalist life. And I felt like I, she like asked me about where I was at spiritually. And I felt like I was answering. And then I would give all of the like, I'm like, but I know that like you could see it as this and this and this. (laughs) And so it came off as like very self-aware because I was like, I was like, I'm trying to like take out the bad parts. But I know some people would think like you're just trying to take out the difficult parts. Like, 
And like, I was like, I was like doing all of this work of like saying anything that I thought she might say to like push back because I, because I actually didn't want to engage with those questions. Mm. Not because I'm actually like engaging with them myself. That's, I'm not going to say that's super fair. I do think I sometimes do, but in other ways I do think like I'm taking the time to just not, but I know I'm like, I have this like faux self-awareness that comes off as like, you can't challenge me. Mm. I think, I feel like you're very self-aware in where you're at. I just don't think you always do what you are self-aware of. I I think you seem to be very self-aware though during this journey. But I think it's like, as you said, like if you're talking to this person, you're like labeling all these things. Um, Like, I don't know. If you're like, I should be doing this, this, and this, and that's an awareness. I don't know if that's exactly what you're trying to say, but it's like, I don't know how often you like saying them and doing them are two different things, if that makes sense. Yeah, they absolutely are. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean by that. Um, um, yeah, I don't, this is like the, the, the origin of this conversation of like half-assing, whole-assing, like I think just to pull out a little bit like further, I think the people that are saying that as well, I think you were spot on on what you said at the beginning. Like it's really like a, it comes from a place of trying to shame the person for the beliefs they're holding or not holding. And I think it has far less to do with like the, the investment in their spiritual life. And you've said this maybe real, like, I think even though you feel like you're in no man's land, you're in the desert, you have no beliefs, there's no truth. Like, I do think you're pretty invested in trying to get somewhere. Now, I don't know if you know where that somewhere is going to be or what that's going to look like or how, but like, I wouldn't, there there are thoughts, things you've said and actions that I could be like, that might be questionable. Your commitment to the process, I haven't been like, this is questionable. Because mm. um, yeah, I, like, I, like, I don't think you, and this would be to anyone, because I don't think you have to have a podcast about deconstruction to be committed to deconstruction. But like yeah. the fact that you show up every week and that we talk about this and like we have conversations i imagine like there are other people you like even like saying i met i talked with a pastor like i went on a talk like walk with one of my friends like to be Mm -hmm. not committed to it would be to cut all those things out of your life and be like i'm just doing it doing life completely differently which is where i think having a foot in each camp which is what it does seem like you're doing at times isn't maybe that unhealthy because the other side would be like i'm just jumping fully back into what I knew and just like, and not having any change of thought or jumping completely into this other thing and be like, screw the past. I'm out of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. You know what? That makes me feel better. Like I, you even pointed out those things. Like I just brought up as like casually a part of my life. And it's like, no, like that is, that's part of doing the work, even if it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think also like for, because I think that this is, I don't know how helpful our conversation was, but I think this topic is I, one I that- I think it's helpful. I think it's hopefully helpful. I think, uh, but I think the question you're asking and the sentiment behind it, I bet you a lot of our audience either has mm. felt like they're half-assing it or have been told they're half-assing it. And so I think adding some helpful like language and definitions around what it does it mean, because that was your initial question, like what does it mean to half-ass or whole-ass? And I think- you're very right. Cause the other way would say, what does it look like to be piping hot or lukewarm or cold or whatever? And I think the investment in the process is the mm. most committed thing to do. And we've said this a long time or a lot through this. It's like, 
the end goal, maybe we haven't said this, at least for me, like the end goal for me, for you, if I was projecting, doesn't look like having a doctrinal statement you can sign. It looks like having a relationship with Jesus. And like, that's like, for me, that's the only thing that really matters. And I think you're doing the work of trying to cultivate that, to find that. But I think the easiest thing to do, like an easy, I don't want to say trap because that makes it sound more negative, but an easy thing to fall into is be like, the end of this process is being able to recreate a doctrinal statement. It, and I think that's not the end goal. That's really helpful, actually, because I do think sometimes that's like what I hope I get back to. Yeah. Or what I think I should get back to. Yeah. And it, that it feels overwhelming. And I'll even, and that continues to give me lack of motivation. Yeah. Well, I'll say like even for the well, like uh, there are people that are like bummed out we don't have a doctrinal statement because it's like it does feel messy and can give anxiety to not have those things i just find them to be way too restrictive um and just not what faith and life is about mm. um yeah. yeah i mean i so i feel like i feel like this has been a helpful conversation like you said like i think a lot of people feel this way whether it's whether it's um <laughs> other people accusing them or <laughs> just like um internal shame like i do think people feel like well maybe i'm just not putting in the same effort but i think like something that i've just been sitting with also is like jesus said like my yoke is easy and my burden is light and i'm just like i think if this yoke feels so heavy i don't think it's jesus's yoke and that i think is what i'm sitting with is like where how can i find that yoke because i don't think that would overwhelm me or stress me out or make me more tired you know yeah, and I do like because I can hear fundamentalist people in my ear right now being like, "If it's easy, then it's not like it's not from mm-hmm. God, right?" Like, but I do think like though not only are those words out of Jesus' mouth, and like faith doesn't mean we it's, it doesn't mean it's easy, it doesn't mean we get everything we want, but the Jesus part of life that is the easy part, mm-hmm. like the that should mm-hmm. be the light yoke, and that doesn't mean that there's not like persecution that doesn't mean there's not like like stumbling blocks or hurdles or x y or z but the jesus side of it i think you're spot on it's like that part was promised to be light and easy and enjoyable yeah that's what i'm like rooting for it um um so i i think this is gonna be a good episode do you have any fine are you about to say something i have a question but this is my final question how do you think what percentage if you could put it on it of our audience do you think is people that are in deconstruction that are trying to support their friends in deconstruction or what I think is the most interesting third people that listen to this. So they know how to combat people that are in deconstruction, like <laughs> the haters, like do what, what like, yeah. if, and actually if you're listening, I would say whether it's on TikTok or uh, you can actually comment on Spotify and uh, uh, um, anchor as well. Apple, like, let us know where you're at in the journey. I think we love that kind of stuff. So like, like yeah. whether you're on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, let us know. But what do you like? How would you break up our audience? What do you think it is? I think it's I think our audience is people deconstructing who found us on TikTok. I don't I don't think there's a lot of people hate listening to this podcast <laughs> unless they know me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. So they're like real. They're Emily's ex friends that are hate listening to this. Not ex friends, but just people who are like, "What is going on with her?" Listening, like I feel like those would be the people who maybe disagree that listen. Um, maybe and maybe that's me just thinking way too highly about myself. But uh, and then I think there probably are some people that are just trying to understand. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't give any numbers because yeah. I have no idea. What's I, your guess? I think we're like 80% people that are in deconstruction. I yeah. think, and then I think you're right. I think, I think our TikTok is a lot of hate listens, but I think, uh, <laughs> or hate watching, but I think, uh, and actually our YouTube is, it's really funny. Like some of the comments on our shorts and stuff are pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I think it's mostly people that are in it. Like that's my, my guess. So, but let us know, uh, in the comments anywhere. Like we'd love to know, like, and just like, I don't know that like there are a lot of people that reach out and DM or whatever, but like, I try to make a practice of like thinking about and praying about, uh, and for like the people that are on this, knowing that like, even though this is our mm-hmm. conversation, like it's not just our community, we're not the only members of this community. And so it's just trying to know, um, that wherever you are, like I'm thinking about you and praying about you for whatever that's worth. So. Yay, Pastor Dan. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And know that it is okay to rest. And as always, embrace the journey. I almost forgot to clap. <laughs> I don't think what.